0: Welcome to an exciting new episode of Behind the Scenes of Happiness, Motivation for Motivators. I'm your host, Christoph Spiesens, and today I have a deep, beautiful, nourishing conversation with Laura Beckingham about capacity building for our clients, but also for ourselves. Enjoy. Laura, welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Happy to
0: be here. And you are from, or you have, a consultancy called Space Within, which yeah. is a very interesting/slash intriguing title. Can you give our listeners a little bit of an overview of what the business is, and perhaps also why you chose that name? Although I have a feeling that they're quite connected. Yeah.
1: Gosh, good, nice question. I'm not sure the last time anybody asked me that, so thank you yeah so the business is a, a coaching organization well that's the official title that I give it, and I give it that title because that's what gives me and us permission to uh, work in big businesses. so yeah. I, I'll say more about that later i'm sure, but the reason that we exist is i'm I'm really passionate about the fact that I feel that people go to work and have to leave uh certainly part of who they are, if not the whole essence of who they are at the front door and and I don't believe that it has to be that way so we exist to help people bring that experience of being human back into the world of work. Mm-hmm. And we do that in a variety of ways through one-to-one experiences in the sort of coaching uh, arena and team coaching, and then more um, sort of ad hoc development experiences, I would say, which really major around having conversations with people and helping them have better conversations with themselves and with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And mm-hmm. space within was a, uh, yeah it was a name that kept coming to me and I kept resisting it because it didn't make any logical sense uh, and you know how it is when things like, arrive in you and like my brain was like well no that's a bit wishy-washy and you know what earth does it mean and that was for quite some time actually probably a few um, weeks if not months and sort of woke up one day with the real clarity that it is about that because it's about a couple of things really. It's about people's ability to connect to the space within themselves mm-hmm. and and for me that has many different forms but that sort of part of ourselves that that knows and that is the essence of who we are and secondly because i'm massively passionate about the places and spaces that we work in i feel like the environments that we do our work in that we exist in live in work in are as important as the work that we do and they have such an impact on that. Um, so it felt, it felt like it spoke to that as well and the kind of inner and outer uh, spaces and places that we occupy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And that makes perfect sense and it's a beautiful name for a business. And there's one thing that I would like to come back to, if I may. You mentioned that the name of the business came to you from, and the way you explained it to us was almost like as if it came from a higher place of inspiration. Let's call it that for now. Mm. And yet this is something that you are very passionate about and something you resonate with and you encourage other people to do is to trust more and to open up to, I'm I'm going to drop the S word here, the, the, the more spiritual part of ourselves. And yet you mentioned that you initially, you struggled to make sense of it so i need to be as i do on all of my podcasts i need to play devil's advocate a little bit and challenge you on you teaching people one thing and yet you also had to learn to trust that particular piece of information yourself too
1: yeah gosh yeah i mean absolutely it's a, it's a great question and a great point so yeah f- firstly that was like maybe four years ago now so i definitely have learned to trust more in that stuff when when it arrives in that way um but i think it's an ongoing piece of work for me and definitely part of what i teach is about how we can integrate you know all of that stuff and you know my experience of life i did so i studied biomedical science at university and i say that because i I have a very well exercised cognitive brain and that's an overdeveloped muscle definitely or has been for a large part of my life and certainly in the last um, 10 definitely five years has been a big piece of um work for me to really learn to to listen to the other stuff and to realize and acknowledge that there are other Voices, not just my, my brain. There's things that I hear in my belly or, you know, wake up to in, uh, from my dreams that, that have as much validity and as much meaning. And, um, yeah, learn, learning to acknowledge that and then learning to trust it. So I I, I do teach it and it's definitely still an ongoing practice mm. for me.
0: It's refreshing to hear an academic person talk so openly about this kind of energy this kind of influence the other layers that are available and accessible to us do you find that initially it can be hard for people to meet you at that level Um, because maybe they are more i'm not gonna say old school uh, but i guess i just did but in their thinking so and how do you get through to them so to speak with with love
1: yeah so yes some people do find that challenging and i i work in um you know in large you know big corporate businesses Mm. very global businesses full of really intelligent people and yet what i'm experiencing personally in my own work is that so many of those people are extremely receptive to the other stuff Mm -hmm. A lot of the time, that's because they I believe their their brains are so well exercised. It's like they they don't need to exercise their brains that much anymore, and many of the people I work with personally are are really you know capable people in many dimensions, and they're very curious about what else is on offer to them, what other intelligence they can access what other experiences that can give them or open up for them so so i i talk to people about the different intelligences that we have within our body and that our mind intelligence our brain our thinking power is only um one aspect of that and that there's all this other stuff that we sort of don't feel that we should really pay much attention to but in reality we do pay attention to it everyday anyway, because we walk into rooms and think oh this feels a bit funny or we walk away from a meeting and think well you know everything he said kind of made sense but it didn't sort of feel right or oh, true oh, oh. we get pains in our bodies sweaty palms you know all of this stuff that actually goes on part of what i do i think is teach people that they already know this stuff and then help them develop more access to it and, and more language for it and more more um more capacity to hold it and more ability to make some meaning from it
0: and what is some of the meaning and or what are some of the benefits that people can gain from having that expanded awareness
1: gosh you're asking lovely questions today it's lovely thank you I'm just feeling into my own belly as as we're speaking and um, checking myself that I'm answering mm.
0: what do do people take away generally from working with you or when they leave a workshop how has that expanded awareness going how is that going to contribute to their well-being
1: um, so my instinctive response to this is is one that I often share with clients when they're talking about potentially embarking on work like this and it's that it's capacity building
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: you know that can have many different meanings but in my experience and I think what a lot of my clients would say is that this work helps them. I'm going to swear if that's okay, but like sort some of that out inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And like tangle um, some of the stuff that maybe subconsciously kind of weighing them down, even though they are on the whole very successful and very capable people. So it supports them in, in being able to hold more. Um, it gives them access definitely to their felt experience of life Mm-hmm. through things like access to their emotions and they would say that that gives them greater access to compassion you know more ability to be alongside others in their journey of life and you know certainly from a leadership perspective and also outside of work and parenting and you know mm-hmm. friendship and social circles that that's really really a gift so yeah in short I would say it's about it's about building capacity for more
0: mm-hmm. for
1: more on a multidimensional sort of level
0: With benefits in both the professional and personal arenas.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Sounds, and as you know, we're both in a very similar field of, of work, Laura, sounds like it can get very involved. And although it is not therapy that we offer, our work does have a therapeutic effect on people. Yeah. I had to learn to ensure that I didn't go home carrying other people's stuff with me after having delivered a workshop or spending a couple of hours or days even with people because at times it got really uncomfortable until I understood A, what it was and then B, how it worked and C, I guess, how I could leave their stuff behind and recharge. And as a facilitator and as a coach, it's imperative because otherwise we can't serve the next lot of people. Is this something that you resonate with? And if so, what are some of your experiences in this area?
1: Yeah, definitely do resonate with it. Absolutely. I used to leave sessions so I did similar work to this although on very small scale I guess in real terms when I worked in-house in in big corporates myself and I used to leave sessions like that thinking feeling like I'd you know literally been in a tumble dryer for -hmm. for days I mean you know discombobulated physically tired in my head Although you really
0: enjoyed doing the work, right? So it was a, yeah. Mm.
1: You know, loved, loved the work then,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, even back then. And, you know, I just felt like I'd, I'd given so much of myself that that there was nothing of me left and yeah. that I was also then full up with other people's stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's very familiar. These days, so I went through a phase of feeling like I needed to kind of block it out. And of course, if you block it out, you can't do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, you know our gift is in that we can let this this stuff, other people's things, the energy pass through us. So one of the things I really hold in myself and the advice I give to other people is that you have to give it, you have to give it back to where it belongs. So I'm a big advocate of of leaving uh, leaving stuff with the person who owns the stuff. If that makes sense,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm happy to hold it with them and carry it with them when I'm in the work but it has to stay where it belongs so at a very at a very um I'll talk to the practical stuff in two minutes but one of the stances I suppose I take inside myself is that my job is to be useful not helpful Mm. If I get too helpful I start getting overly involved and entangled and mixed up and that's not respectful for the client either on the other end and at a very practical level, uh, there's several things that I do as practice. One is to get in nature as often as I can. So a lot of the work I do is in nature. The group work we do is often in nature. But I'm you know, a big fan of sort of going back to nature, going to the earth. So that might be a walk on the river. It might be a walk, uh, taking a walk home rather than, you know, jumping on a bus so that I can kind of walk it out of the, the muscles and the tissue in my body. Um, Water for me is a huge thing. So I I make sure I drink a lot when I'm uh, with clients that helps kind of flush energy through. I take salt baths. That's my ritual um, before and after long sessions, take a walk by the river. Yeah, that that kind of stuff. Yoga is something for me, it helps me, again, sort of gentle movement of my body just helps make sure that I've experienced stuff but it doesn't take root in my system it doesn't you know settle too comfortably into my tissue my dna because it's not my stuff so i have to make sure that i can uh, yeah shake it off but but gently and respectfully
0: thank you for sharing a very rewarding career path goes without saying apart from the energy imbalances that we have just Discussed. Are there any other downsides to your work that you can think of or that you would advise someone who's newer to this kind of work to be mindful of so that they can perhaps minimize or avoid similar feelings or experiences? It's
1: mm, a good question. Um, I mean, I need to caveat all of this with that. I absolutely love what I do, like it's such a you know I said that, but it is genuinely such a gift. I think there's something I would say is definitely true of people working in our kind of territory, and that's about you know i I personally need to get the balance right between what I say yes to and what I say no to, mm. and that's in terms of the, the volume of work um and the flavor of the work. So, you know, I'm very lucky that I have a very active business. Um, it was always thriving right from when I first began running it. And that's a real privilege. And I look back and there are some bits of work where I feel, why did I say yes to that? That wasn't my work. And I also trust as well that, you know, we we have to find what our work is through the process of doing our work. Mm. Uh, So it is a, you know, it's a real gentle calibration of what's mine and what's not mine. But as time goes on learning more and more, what's right for me to say yes to. So I guess the advice I would give to people is um, be very conscious of that. Trust it and keep checking in on it often. Uh Uh, Yeah, in in terms of volume, it's nice to be busy and have a thriving business where you earn money. And there's a cap on that, right? I can't work like that 5 days a week because i just wouldn't be able to do the quality of the of the work and mm. hold people in the space that i can hold them so finding the sweet spot on that is has been a real quest and mm. i'm touching it but i'm not quite living in it just yet <laughs>
0: <laughs> and do you sometimes reach out to someone like yourself who can help you in terms of being a sounding board or
1: oh gosh yeah yeah
0: and and would you say that's important or a luxury
1: oh my god no like totally critical like basic i think Mm. me personally and you know i often get a lot of new coaches coming to talk to me about what what do i do to develop a practice and one of the bits of advice i give to them all the time is you need to be in your own in your own journey one to keep you sort of i guess Uh, energetically imbalanced but also because if I was one of my clients and I knew that I wasn't working with anybody like me I would be worried about that because Mm. I feel like in my own process and um, yeah be doing my own work to be able to hold my clients in there Mm. so I think it's really critical I see a, a, a family constellations practitioner monthly I'm in monthly coaching you know I've had psychotherapy I do a lot of body work with, you know, people that understand the way the body kind of holds trauma and Mm. all that stuff. It keeps me clean. And there's that lovely phrase, that gestalt uh, gestalt phrase where they talk about being the resonant chamber. Mm. And all of that work about keeping myself as empty inside, metaphorically, so that I can really feel the resonance of Mm. everything that I do with other people. It is really, really critical. Yeah.
0: and by doing so we're also reminded of the healing benefits of being supported by others and that reminds us of the work that we do for people and and what they get from working with us so mm.
1: and it's really lovely to be in that in that seat and to feel the feel the richness of being held and supported by somebody and to be reminded of how precious that is and to be reminded of when you're in the other seat doing the work we do what a gift it is to be allowed into somebody else's life and mm-hmm. see their soul in that way you know that sounds a bit cheesy but that's kind of what it is it's really precious
0: mm. Mm. nice nice <laughs> what do you want the world to know laura what is your big message
1: <laughs> Oh, <wow.
0: laughs> there's a question for you Oh,
1: yeah um, I have so many answers to that question right now. My answer is that there is so much more out there than we have any clue about so far, and that life is bigger than this, and by the this I mean the you know the tangible day to day existence that there is something more. I guess I'm a seeker, and that's my Sort of philosophical belief that's the thing that keeps me interested in my own life not in terms of a destination or getting anywhere but just this sense of experience and expansion and i'd also like them to know that we don't have to make it as hard for ourselves as we do that it doesn't have to be so complicated and that if we all stripped back everything that we had we would all realize that we are all the same trying to do our best to uh exist and belong and connect no matter what environment we work in and we're very privileged in the environments that we are in and many people aren't as fortunate as us and yet deep down we're all we're all sort of doing the same stuff you know
0: Mm -hmm. beautiful
1: what's yours are you able to share anything with us about what your what you would want the world to know
0: yes actually this morning in fact i recorded a mindfulness talk called permission to change and the the core message is i believe we are a soul on a journey and without going woo woo overboard there is a purpose behind us being here and knowing that gives me and that's what i want to give other people or remind other people of gives me this motivation to keep going when times are difficult really appreciate the present and be extra jubilant about the really good stuff in my life because it's all the good the bad and the ugly happens to us for for a reason and I think we can learn so much if only we choose to see and then accept and work with the with the learning. So that mm-hmm. is my message. Um, so in a nutshell, it's this. There is a reason why you're here and through everything that you experience in life, that reason will reveal itself more and more mm-hmm. clearly. And the more you see it and understand it, the more you co-create with life. Mm-hmm. And it helps us shift from being the victim to a more empowered approach to life,
1: so much more spacious, isn't it? As you mm. speak, feel the space within myself. You know, expand. Thank mm. you.
0: And the invitation to to us is to help people remind them of of those basics in a world where there is. And let's not go you know overboard in that area either but it's it's not always a very pleasant world to live in um we all know that there's a lot of political stuff and and social stuff going on around us and that's the context that we operate within and to in my opinion that is one of the the beautiful setups that enable us or that facilitate this kind of mindful living so that you can help transcend that situation rather than complain and moan and whine about it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that's going on anyway. That's happening. I can turn on the television right now and be flooded with bullshit information in terms of negative energy, in terms of the world's going down the drain and we're all going to die tomorrow. Or I can also not make that decision and focus on all the good and if we help each other, and we all do that, and we constantly reflect back the goodness of the world, then I do genuinely believe that there is a, a much more positive way forward. Thank you. But it's a choice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. It is. And it, and, it, and it's work, right? Mm. It's not horrible, hard graft. But I, you know, I'm always reminding people, this stuff's very beautiful, and it requires effort. Mm. You know, it's is not a passive way of existing people that come to coaching with me i know it'll be the same for people that come with you on some level they are making a big sacrifice they're sacrificing the old them you know they're sacrificing the sleepwalking through their existence and they're ready and willing to face into other stuff i often talk about it being like pandora's box though mm. it's like we open the lid and we're like oh shit yeah, stuff in there?" Ah, and now i can't do anything Other than have a look at it, because I've seen that it's there. Um, But it is very beautiful, very beautiful work.
0: But not to open that Pandora's box is potentially more damaging, surely.
1: Quite. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. I I, I really believe that, yeah, for sure. Certainly if you have any kind of... I mean, there are are layers to, to the damage of that, I think. But if you're somebody who wants to live a a full existence and i I don't know that i've met any human being who doesn't deep down then it's it's a must do i believe
0: full living conscious living there's something i would like to explore with you and i know i should know the answer to this and i i guess i do but i want to show to our listeners and viewers that we too are constantly having to sit with something and then Find a way out of that question, and here it is. I sometimes think, and this is also what I get back from certain people that I work with it's okay, fine, I'm doing all this self improvement stuff, and I live consciously, and I understand that I'm a soul on a journey, and blah blah blah, and I'm happy, and I genuinely am happy, but he's not doing it, she's not doing it, so I kind of sometimes want the world to meet me halfway. (laughs) and the second i know that i'm going down that road i know i'm already too far ahead and i need i need to rein myself back in because we are all and this is not about a comparison thing at all Uh, someone on my previous podcast counselor um, natalie rossiter she said there is no mindfulness olympics and that's always stuck with me so we're not on a you know, I'm better than you and you're further along than me, and blah, blah, blah. But I think this is the core of my question. I feel intuitively that many people are very ready to explore this kind of journey, but still don't because it's probably easier. It's that armor that someone like Brene Brown would talk about. It's probably easier not to do the work because people fear retaliation from the people they work with even family and even friends so that was a bit of a long winded explanation of what was going on around my head but that's that's my message yes what I, what are your thoughts on this
1: yeah i i agree i i think i think i said it before that there's a there is sacrifice on some level i don't mean like oh dramatic you know necessarily sacrifice but know in in confronting some of these big questions questions like where do i belong you know what's my work in the world what do i stand for Mm. Uh, who who do i want to be with you know what are the environments that i think are all right for me for that there's such a there's such a balance between like knowing what we need for ourselves and And having real passion about that and letting other people live their their lives in the way that they choose to live. So it's probably not a very succinct answer, but I I agree. It's a challenge. I I get what you're saying about, you know, sometimes I wish the world would meet me halfway. (laughs) I'm definitely learning that that's very unlikely and probably not going to happen. And I have to check myself all the time about my motivation you know that's why I say things like I don't believe my job is to help people I believe it's to be useful to them and I don't mean I don't want to help them from my heart right there's there's big compassion there but I can't start meddling too much in other people's stuff I have to live my life and show up in that way Uh, be the lighthouse you know for other people shine and then they will come and acknowledge that I have many different opinions about what's right and wrong what's good what's not then other people do and we're all equally entitled to that it kind of reminds me of the, you know the, the the hippocratic oath and you know the whole do no harm mm. and i don't know where i've seen it before but this whole idea of you know do no harm but take no shade uh is kind mm. of my mantra i suppose in that way. <laughs> um yeah that's a, that's a long answer i don't know if it answers the question but that's what yeah, comes it's... to mind when you were speaking
0: and I suppose there's also comfort in knowing that every little bit helps. It really does when it comes to awakening mankind to a better way forward and, and conscious living and that none of us are here to deliver on that sole responsibility. It's a joint opportunity. And <laughs> we, we, If we all do our little bits um, together, we can do a lot
1: yeah absolutely you know sometimes i have these big like when you ask that question there about you know what do you want the world to know there's like part of me that wants to go well you know what oh. i want What I what, you know the truth is i just think it's nice to be nice to each other it's good to learn we have an opportunity in this existence to um you know to grow to understand to be compassionate and on some level it's no more complicated than that oh. there is as much meaning in You know, the conversations that I have with, you know, people that are standing in the street or someone who's struggling to, you know, get their child's push share onto a bus, Mm -hmm. person who's shopping, I might offer to carry because I do do that kind of stuff. Um, As there is in some of the big work that I do with, you know, very senior people in, you know, big business, Mm -hmm. it's all people and people at the end of the day. And I think one of the invitations we have in the work that we do is to invite people to connect with their own you know, human experience, there is no greater gift than that. And I think yeah. nothing more important on some level too.
0: I completely agree. And it's so nice that you bring it down to a, an everyday mundane level here, because many people, I believe, think initially that anything spiritual or, or to do with consciousness or conscious living they immediately think oh my god this is going to be deep and it's going to be beyond me and and all of that where actually the greatest spiritual or the greatest spirituality happens in 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 the mundane
1: absolutely
0: interactions with each other a a smile can be a lifesaver literally be a lifesaver yeah
1: absolutely this fabric of day-to-day existence you know that's because that is the reality of what we're all living every uh-huh. single day you know we're we're all on in some version you know trying to you know go to work and you know be with people we love and you know all that stuff and if we make it too complicated it just becomes really inaccessible uh-huh. the, the most spiritual things I do every day are super basic like my morning my morning cup of tea you know that's that's my thing you know uh-huh. that I walk to the train station if I'm going up into the city and looking at the trees, you know, not in a Mm -hmm. oh you know, we are hugging trees way, but just being conscious that, gosh, look at this. It's freezing cold. Isn't it amazing to be alive? Uh And it sounds cliche, but those moments are in front of us literally all the time. If we just want to wake up to them, it doesn't have to be complicated.
0: Even when it's a difficult moment?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think especially so, especially so. In the most difficult moments, it sounds Sort of counterintuitive, but in the most challenging of experiences, I can feel the most joy that I feel oh. ever well and that's not because these challenging experiences are pleasurable, far from it, but what i've sort of i guess learned to realize is that if i'm deeply distressed about something, I'm feeling so much emotion on some level i'm it's so visceral i 've never felt more you know alive and more connected with myself. Um, that sounds a little bit trite, I know, but, I, but I'm really experiencing that within myself, that it can be both of those things at the same time. And that's what it is to be human,
0: I think. Do you find that it's, it takes you less time to come out the other end? Because it's almost it almost sounds like you hit the ground hard and fast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and have I got that right? Or is is that not how it works? Um, because for many people if if you go if you really experience all the anger and the frustration etc there's a good chance that they actually attract more of that because that's what they create and, and are playing with um for you however it doesn't sound to be the case
1: yeah i think it's it's a good point i was conscious of that as those words came out because what i need to caveat that with is that you know years and years of sort of unpicking my own you know crap in oh. therapy and coaching have have enabled me and i'm god by no means don't have any work left to do there's more for sure uh, it comes in as fast as it goes out doesn't it but you that it's been a, that's been a muscle that, that i've definitely developed it's not that j- that's just happened um and there are times where i i don't know how to deal with things but what i experience is that i can be like in the eye of the storm oh. that's how i it often and the storm can be raging all around and i can experience it but i can still find my stillness i can still find and remember that actually this is just a temporary experience it's shit like my father's been really really ill for the last few years that's shit but actually i'm okay and this is what's happening for me and i can experience those things but they then they aren't me uh-huh. they're to me or they're passing through me that lovely quote of, you know, feelings are just visitors, let them come and go. Mm-hmm. You know, allowing stuff to pass through enables me to stay with the upside of the experience too. Mm-hmm.
0: It's in fact, I believe the definition of mindfulness mm-hmm. is to be with your feelings. But it's almost like there's a bit of, a, although you experience them, there's a healthy distance that you create between you and those feelings, so that you are not completely pressed to the floor by them. But you can you can see them for what they are, for what they bring, for what you can learn from them, and like visitors, you know, wave them goodbye more easily.
1: Can I just say one more thing on that? It's a, of it's course. a. Um message one of my teachers once shared with me that has really helped me and might help others which is that you know you you have those feelings you are not had by them mm-hmm. so a real difference to having them to being had by them and there are moments where I can feel I'm had by them I've become that I am an angry person I am you know and but then remembering no I have feelings of mm. and I have feelings of I don't need to be had by them. They aren't the entirety of me and and they will pass on uh, and move through. And if I have the capacity to feel them, that makes me really alive. And I can Mm -hmm. find joy in that, even if the feelings feel a bit shit, you know.
0: You post some rather inspirational, short videos from your travels and, and walks around Ponds and lakes and city centre dwellings um, uh, um, on LinkedIn, for example. Um, is this a place where people can find you if they want to know more about you, or what, what is the best place for them to go to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, good question. I, I you know I use all the social media channels for the mm-hmm. for the business. So I'm quite active on Instagram and and um, yeah, Instagram mainly. Uh, but yeah, I guess LinkedIn is where you get probably the truest expression of me mm-hmm. and. The, I share on there are very impromptu as you know Uh, I tend to record them when I'm like you know welcome back from yoga or I've been somewhere I normally look bedraggled and um, but that's what I look like in real life so I learned very early I'm not going to go home and put my makeup on
0: no because that's not what I want to see
1: (laughs) and also I've been out for eight hours looking like this so why wouldn't I just do it now Uh, Uh so yeah LinkedIn Nora Beckingham is probably the best place to to go and from there you can find all the routes into the business um information and stuff as well
0: yeah beautiful conversation
1: i need to take a breath actually this is something i'm learning is how do i um yeah how do i ground my passion part of me is really in the sky Mm. and you know up there with big ideas and the big concepts as, as we've experienced but they only make sense really when i bring them to ground as well so Thank you for breathing for me there
0: and you certainly brought everything to ground and um, during our conversation today i think although it was quite probably a big scoop for some people um you made it very accessible and therefore practical for our listeners so thank you from the bottom of my heart for your contribution for the chat today for your energy you. and um Thank you for all the work that you do in organizations, because it's really important.
1: Thank you, Christoph. Likewise. Thank you, too.
0: Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to learn a little bit more about me, please visit christophspiesens.com, where you can find information about mindfulness and practical spirituality to help improve mental well-being in your office. You can also find me on all major social media, and you can email me at connect at That's it for now. I look forward to connecting with you on the next episode. Bye for now.